Welcome to the 30-Day Shred. This is our version of the Jillian Michael 30-Day Shred, and we're excited to have you with us. And I hope that you join in on this plan and stick with it and love it and get everything that matters. Remember, what you give is what you get out of this shred. And I want to introduce you to two of my buds who are with me today. Over here is Sid. And for all of you who are beginners, what I want you to do is watch Sid, copy Sid, and allow yourself to get into this in an amazing way. Then another buddy of mine's over here right now too. It's Cody. And I want you to know if you're kind of advanced or you're ready to literally get the whole effect of what this means, keep your eye on Cody. If you want a body like this, then you gotta do two things. One's copy him. Second, pray for a miracle. So what the program consists of is three minutes of strength training, two minutes of cardio, and one minute of abs. So I think we're ready, let's get rolling. First thing we're gonna do, three minutes of strength. We start with static curls. Watch Cody. All right, Cody, grab the weights and move into the static curl momentum. And watch what he does here. Uh, left leg out, squats, curls. Left leg out, squats, curls. And notice what he's doing. He's working the biceps, he's working the legs, he's working the hamstring, he's working all the muscles at once as he keeps this up. Why are we working uh, small muscles with big muscles? It's about burning more calories. And you keep with it, that's it, keep the form. Notice the form, he's not losing it. Now some of you need a little bit more motivation, so what I want you to do is watch Sid here. Sid is using snicker bars instead of dumbbells. Why? Because they give him that little bit of ability to grab a bite every now and then and enjoy it. And notice he's working not only buys and not only his legs, but he's working his jaw muscles too. But he's only taking little bites. So that way what can happen is he has the ability to control the calorie intake. Keep it up, man. Don't phone it in. Don't phone it in. Gargle your heart if you have to. Go for it. See how he's sticking with it. This is what you gotta do if you wanna shred. All right, guys, we need to finish this out strong. I need you to go. You ready? Ready? Keep it up. Three, two, one. All right, set your weights aside. Now we go to the next direct exercise in this three-minute workout. It's the Bible lift. And what we want to have you do is focus on Sid if you're a beginner and see how to do this. All right, watch Sid here. He's going to take his Gideon's Bible, a brand new Bible, great Bible. He'll be lifting it over his head, standing with one leg extended out, working the legs, working the arms, lifting the Word of God high. We always lift the Word of God high. That's what we want to do in our workout. Notice how he's straining. Notice how he's moving. For all you who are beginners, this is how you begin. But if you're ready to go to the next level, what you do, you'll look at Cody. Watch this. Notice Cody has not only got great form, but he's got the Bible that he normally brings to the office. This is the one he digs into because he wants to get deep, deep, deep into the Word of God. Notice though how he's lifting it higher, lifting it higher, keeping it up, which every good Christian does. We want to lift the Word of God up. He doesn't strain for a moment. Why? The Word of God is something he treasures and loves. He'd never let this hit the ground. He never gets sweat on it. Why? He loves it. Notice him working it. Notice him moving. Notice that heart rate going. This creates a pure heart because a pure-hearted man is in the Word of God. And you need to watch that. Three, two, one. All right, we go now to the next one. Bible runs. What you do is hold the Bible right out in front of you, keeping the Word of God before you, letting it light your path, and you run in place. Go. Now we need 30 seconds of that hard work, never giving up, running in place, holding it out there, noticing how they're holding on to the Word of God, letting it shine before them. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to hold on to. That's where the benefit comes. I want to tell you, people, it doesn't come for free. You got to be willing to pay the price if you want to rise up, if you want to shred, if you want to get rid of every sin that could so easily entangle us. So hang on. All right, guys, we're coming to the end. Three, two, one, second aerobic exercise, page turn. Get your Bibles ready. 
All right, got him out in front of you. Ready for this. Get him open. Get ready. All right, I'm going to call it out. Get ready to let your heartbeat go. All right, Galatians. Go to Galatians. Galatians, Galatians. Now Leviticus. Leviticus. Got to keep up with me here. Now you go back to Romans. Got to have some Romans work out in there. Now we're going to go out. Ready? First Kings. First Kings. Got to get into First Kings there. And now go back over. Go to Jude. Go to Jude. Got to find it. Now it's a tough one. Tough one. We need you in Zephaniah. Got to go to Zephaniah. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Now Galatians again. Now ready. 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 Hezekiah. <laughs> There's no Hezekiah. <laughs> All right, now we come to the final minute of the first set of our exercises in the 30-day shred. We're working abs right now. Look at Cody here, old-fashioned sit-ups. Not a lot of people do these anymore, but I want to tell you, man, they work the stomach. They give you those six-pack abs just like he has. Notice those abs. Watch how he's working them. But if you want to take it to a whole new level, you add, you ready? That jawbone of a donkey right here. Grab that, man. Go for it. Work it. Go. Go. You could do it. Come on. Beat those Philistines. Come on, beat those Philistines. Come on, work it, work it. Beat those Philistines. Keep the abs tight. Over beat those Philistines. Yeah, that's how to do it. All right, that brings us to the end of the first circuit of the 30-day shred. And now we're getting ready to go into circuit two and circuit three. Why? Because we did three minutes of strength. We did two minutes of cardio, one minute of ab. And being a Christian, we never stop on a six. We always keep going. But hey, for the rest of you, that's it for today. I hope you grab and get hold of the 30-day shred. Good morning. I hope you guys enjoyed that, and I hope you're having a great Father's Day. Will you stand with me this morning as we worship together?
And uh, her friend actually came over and told me, I am so proud of Sarah because today um, she's leaving a background of a family that came from a Buddhist background. And she made that step as hard as it was. But you know what's beautiful is now she has that family here. And we're about to sing a song called Jesus Paid It All. And I think there's something so beautiful because he paid it all. And today she is, she believes that with all her heart and she's being baptized. So will we celebrate with them while we sing this? Savior
Well, today I am really excited because we have a special guest with us today. And um, you know what? I don't know. Are you a reality TV person? Man, I really am. I I love American Idol. You know, I love the amazing race. Uh, Not so much the voice. But, you know, um, but but I'll tell you what I really love. I love the show The Biggest Loser. Anybody else Biggest Loser fans? Okay, good. Well, today... Austin Andrews is with us, and he made it to number four on The Biggest Loser this season, and uh, did so in a God-honoring way. So right now, would you welcome Austin as he comes to be with us? Well, we had a blast last hour, and uh, a lot of good information came out of it, and so today I'm excited for what we're going to talk about. But uh, the biggest, uh, well, a lot of questions, but one is this. Okay, what is it that made you decide to even go on a show where you would be exposed nationally uh, for your victories, all those things? Go ahead. Uh, it really, it actually came down to my, my dad's health. Um, my dad's health got really, really poor, and um, he had a, an infection that went into a, a sepsis infection. Anyone who, who doesn't know what that is, um, that's when an infection reaches your blood, and uh, your, your bloodstream just takes it everywhere in your body. And so um, he actually almost passed away when um, that infection went sep- septic, and uh, um, within two months of him living through a time when he, he really shouldn't have lived through, um, God brought him through that. He was actually type 2 diabetic. Um, his blood pressure was skyrocketing, and, and so um, we recognized he had to change because he, he had to live on um, to, to hit 50. <laughs> and, and the truth is, I realized very quickly that I was on a fast track. 
to be him before I was 40 um, in the same health problems. So it was just, we recognized we had to make a change. Well, and so on Father's Day, more than ever, that's yeah. special. By the way, Austin's dad's a pastor in Pasadena, California, and I appreciate you being here. But tell about, you guys both weighed the same weight. Um, yeah, I, I came in on the, uh, the Biggest Loser. I started at 396 pounds. He started at 377. So we were within uh, 20 pounds of each other. And, and the truth is, um, both of us reached into the mid-400s uh, at one, one time. Now, um, I get intrigued by this, but I think uh, losing weight is a very personal thing. It's a, a matter of fact, I've been through it. I know how hard it is. But, you know, to have you do what you did, you literally were exposed to the country. You knew that would happen. I mean, moments of weakness, moments of uh, temptation, moments of, of almost probably crying tears, but also the victories. To do that in front of everybody, how did God use that? Um, it's actually, it's been incredible to, to, to see how God's used it. And, and it's, it's, you know, being home, that's one of the strangest things is I realized, um, it is a very private journey and, uh, dealing with that kind of shame and dealing with that, that, that sin that was in my life in a very public way. It's not, um, you know, it's not how everyone dreams of dealing with their sin, um, <laughs> by any means. And so, um, what's been sweet about it is, is being home, um, because I've, I've shared it so publicly, um, people identify with it. And, and what, what I realized was um, at home, I was so alone going through my sin. Um, I was so broken recognizing that I was just this, this sinful glutton and I was dealing with it on my own and I, and I, I had no help and I, I just, I lived in this, this place of, of, of loneliness and isolation. And I got to a point where I needed the help and I recognized I needed the help, reached out for the help. But all of a sudden, I'm sharing this on national television, realizing that people at home are identifying with me. And all of a sudden, people at home were recognizing that while I, when I was home, felt so lonely, they didn't have to. And so now I have times where people come up to me, and they just say, I totally identify with you. And I'm actually being able to, to, to reach into people's lives through a TV show where I was just changing, and God was just helping me change people identified with that change and identified with where I was. And now people realize they don't have to be alone. Yeah. And I love that. Don't you love that? One of the things that really stood out to me now, and, and then last time we talked, is that the idea of loneliness. I think sin does that. A lot of us aren't aware that what it does, it disconnects us from the kind of vital life God has and the willingness that you had to be transparent, to admit it, to, to actually use and say that word lonely. And by the way, gluttony is probably that sin that's the most overlooked. You know, we pointed a lot of sins, but that's a big one. It's a tough one to overcome. Matter of fact, what is it that made this time successful for you? I, I know you said you tried before, but this time it's working. Um, well, there were, there were a few factors. Um, one is we recognize that the, the change, we, we couldn't make it alone, uh, me and my dad. Um, we had tried Slim Fast and we had tried Atkins and Weight Watchers and those programs will work for people and they can work for a certain amount of time but um, we, we never made it a lifestyle and we never asked for help. And so when, when my dad's health almost failed and, and we recognized as a family we had to go at it, we just came to this point where it's like, okay, well, um, maybe being a lone island to ourselves is not going to be the best way to go about this. And so we reached out, and we, we reached out um, both to, to people, and, and, and we really reached out to God because we recognized that this, this is a change um, 
only God could really walk us through and, and open up the right doors. And, and the truth is, uh, God opened up the doors he wanted. Uh, he opened up um, doors I never imagined opening. To make this change on, on national television was um, mind-blowing, absolutely. And, and it's not something I ever could have dreamed of. And um, I don't know if I would have wanted to, <laughs> but, it, it, you know, making a, 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 such a public statement of, um, you know, this is how I was and taking off your shirt on national television at 400 pounds, that's not something everyone, everyone dreams of. But it's the recognition that, you know, we, we had to reach out for help. We couldn't do it alone. Well, and that's so true. One of the things that really uh, stood out to me is that, you know, your walk with the Lord was obvious there. And um, as a matter of fact, i got to say, all of us who are Christians, we were so, and I'll say this, we're proud of you. We're proud of who you were, the way you demonstrated faith uh, on the show. The spiritual side of this experience, though, I think a lot of times that gets missed. It really is a, your connection with God and how it deepens um, and how he uses you afterwards. Well, I, I got partway through this program um, and, and for me, you know, when I started the program, I, it was all about weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. And it's competition weight loss. So whatever you can do to drop that extra pound, you're out there working out and it's, you know, pump and go. And, and you know, you're eating, you know, as, as small amount as you can get by with, you know, doing it as healthily as possible at the same time. And um, I got about halfway through the program and realized uh, this was not about weight at all. Um, and I never, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have a weight problem. Um, I mean, I, I did, but it, that wasn't the real problem. The, the real problem was emotionally me dealing with what I was going through as, as a kid and, and uh, me overcoming um, how I had always been taught to, to deal with my emotions. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing that um, so much of what I was dealing with was these emotional issues from when I was a kid, as a, as a seventh grader. These, these, the value that other students put on me, their perception of my value making fun of me and, and telling me who I was and what I was deserving. And I let that become my definition. All of a sudden, in the middle of this program of The Biggest Loser, God's radically changing my value, showing me that my value never came from other seventh graders. It was instilled in me by God. And so what, what's happened now is... is he radically changed me on the ranch, and I've, I've become a valuable object because I innately as a human have value, but because God instills in me value. And now I get to be at home, and I get to share that value with others, and I get to hear some of the personal stories, and I get to hear how people identify with the hopelessness that I had once. That's, that's how God's using this now, and it's, it's an amazing tool. And I love that, man. That, I let him know how much we appreciate that. I, uh, you know, one of the things I want to really kind of even focus in on a little bit right now is what you've kind of alluding to is that, you know what, you knew, first of all, you knew God loved you no matter what, before, after, God loves you, and we don't do this to earn his love, you do it because he has something else for you that's greater, and I know you had to know that, I know you had to know God had this life for you, this vitality for you, and now you're starting to experience it, so I want everyone here to know what God has done and how he's using this in your life today. Uh, one of the most uh, common questions I get is, what is it like to get off a show and, like, you know, the, the day before you left, you were, you know, just a guy in an airport, and all of a sudden, you're now a, a guy from national television that we get to recognize and we get to talk to. Um, and it's, it's a strange thing. 
um, I, I always, my, my first reply is always, you know, it's, it's really weird, you know, um, when I'm getting a coffee from a barista and, and um, she hands me my coffee and then runs around the counter with a piece of paper and asks for an autograph. That's, that's a strange moment. Um, but what's sweet is the moment that happens next because the barista gets the autograph and then she starts sharing who, who she is and her struggle. And whether her struggle is weight or it's something else, it's another addiction or it's something that she's going through personally, all of a sudden she's getting to share part of what she's going through because she identifies with me. And I'm just recognizing that God's, God's opening up so many doors. And, and what's awesome, I, I, get, I get a chance to, to share my story publicly like this. And this is an amazing experience, and I, I, and I love this. And I'll do it for as long as God will keep these doors open. But what's even more amazing is, is when it's one-on-one and I get to share Christ with someone and his love and his value that he's instilling in them. Amen. Now, I know a lot of you are wondering this question, and I was so excited to hear the answer. Are you ready for this? Jillian Michaels. Okay, I am a fan. Uh, not everybody is. But I, I, don't you guys want to know what she's really like? Yeah, so tell us what she's really like. Okay, so uh, I love the shred video, by the way. I absolutely love the shred video. Um, it's stunning. Um, okay, so Jillian Michaels, the skinny on Jillian. Um, we get through our workouts, and she's, you know, she's on television for being a tough cookie. You know, she's, she's, you know, she's going to scream and yell and holler and pull things out of you you never thought you had. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's her. That's who she is, right? Well, as soon as that camera's gone, as soon as that cameraman walks away, She's in your ear, and she's, she's like, are you okay? <laughs> get this, get this. Did I hurt you? <laughs> Jillian Michaels is one of the most caring people that was on that ranch, and she genuinely loves us as contestants and wants to make us uh, make this change forever. And so it's whatever she can do, whether it's nutritional advice or it's workout advice or it's uh, a serious conversation, one conversation that really blew my mind about my value and, and just how God chose to use her was amazing. So she is legit about making, uh, making this a permanent change for us, and, and she really does care. Yeah, and I love that. Now, you haven't actually said it yet because I know another question is how much? How much weight have you lost? Uh, I lost um, in the entire program 100 and 74 pounds. <laughs> um, a tiny bit of perspective, that would be a Pastor Chuck. That uh, I was carrying a, yeah, a yeah. Pastor Chuck on my back for a while. Yeah, another way to say it, that's two Natalia Ross. All right, so yeah, that, that's just kind of, yeah, kind of fun. But um, man, I am so excited for you. I'm excited God's used this to open doors. I'm excited that you got to be here with us and, and all the things that means Austin, and we appreciate it. And uh, right now, I want to pray for Austin. I want to pray that God keeps him on this path. I want to pray that God keeps opening doors because I really sense he is going to use you that way. And that's what I want you to think about today as I pray with him and, and for us. I really believe a lot of us, it may be weight. It may be another addiction. Uh, it may be a wound from the past. It may be some of the people putting, devaluing you. But if you start listening to the voice of God, you know what I know you're going to hear is God says, that's not it. I got something more for you. It's something more. And when we live the life God has for us, we don't wonder. Like I gotta, I'm even going to ask this. Don't you feel like now going, well, wow, man, this is even more than I could ask or think. Isn't that how you're feeling? Well, I, I knew when I was 12, God had called me to mystery. 
I knew at the age of 12, I was called out of pastor's kids retreat because uh, my dad's a pastor. And I, I knew I was going to be in the ministry. I had no clue. I had no clue what, how God was going to go about it. And so, yeah, this is just, this is mind blowing now. And I love it. Let's pray for Austin right now. Father, I thank you so much for having him here with us. I thank you, God, for the, the voice he's becoming for you in a way that's really meaningful because people need to be set free in this area. But also, God, I love you're using him beyond that. And I pray that as you just, uh, I pray, first of all, he'd continue his success. I pray, God, he'd always win the battle in this area. But I pray more than that, he'd be used by you to touch other people in so many ways. And as you put a calling on his heart and life, may he find that literally being led by you, empowered by you, anointed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, man.
And I'll tell you, I love that song, and I love what Natalia did with it. It's just so incredible. Grab your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and uh, we'll look at other scriptures today. That's the main one. And, and here's where we're going, everyone. God, God wants you to have an amazing life. I mean, He really does. But one of the things you're going to find in interacting with the Father is very often that nudge, that feeling, there's something more. Is God directly looking at you and saying, get ready? Get ready for what I could give to you. Get ready for what I could unveil to you. Get ready for what I have for you. And there's that time you start feeling like this pull towards something or a dissatisfaction in your life or or God in love might kind of shine a light on you and say, look at where you're at. Look how things could change. Look good. Can it go differently for you? And, and you start to feel something. Maybe even in a sense of dissatisfaction. Why? Because he has something more. He has something more. Um, Adam. Adam found that out. We call it the Adam principle. Uh, he was in the Garden of Eden, and the Lord said that it is not good for man to be alone. And he said, so I'm going to make someone that fits you. I'm going to make somebody that's going to take you to a whole new level and, and, and complete your life. And so what did God do? It says, then God told him to go out and name the animals. Now you might go, wait, wait, wait. Why would that be the next thing? Now here's why. God wanted to create in Adam a sense of the need he had. He actually wanted to kind of fan the flame of that need and make it more pronounced in his life before God was about to give to him what he had for him. And so what does he do? He walks out and starts naming the animals. So he sees a lion and he's like, oh, male lion and female lion. Huh, that's wild. Yeah, and, and then he sees elephants. Oh, male elephant and female elephant. Whoa, okay. Uh, and then he sees giraffe, male giraffe, female giraffe. And it says, and Adam realized there was not another for him. God wanted to realize that. Now, I don't know it to be true, but I have a feeling before the Lord gave him Eve, he saw an orangutan. And he thought, please, God, no. There let her be enough. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and you know what? God, God does that for you. God does that. He did it with the woman at the well. Jesus is just unveiled for the very first time in a clear way. Do you know who I am? I'm the prophet. I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm the promised one, the Messiah. And then he says to her, go and, tell, go and bring your husband. Now, what is he doing? Because she didn't have a husband. And she looks at him, and I'm sure it got really uncomfortable, and she said, I don't have a husband. And the Lord said, you know, you're right. You've had five husbands, all of whom divorced you. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. Now, why did Jesus do that? Not to be mean. He did it because he wanted her to know, I'm about to do something incredible in your life, but we got to deal with this other area first. I'm about to, to literally heal the hurt and pain of five men who've abused you. Of one man now who's using you. I'm about to take all that away and change it all. So I want you to see what's about to happen. With Adam, what did he do? Before he gave Eve to him. He said, I want you to see the need you have. Now, where am I going? God has something more. And usually right before the Lord reveals it, what does he do? He opens your eyes to it. And he says, here it is. Now, you might say, well, okay, I don't like this in my life, but I don't like that. Well, God has that for you. For Austin, and we're going to talk about this more in a minute using him as an example. He started to realize more than ever, I can't allow myself to be in the kind of bondage I'm in physically. And then as God released him from that, what's happened? He's living a life that was the more life, the life that he knew he always needed. Let's pray and we'll talk about it. Father, I pray right now. 
that your Holy Spirit would move in our midst, God, that you would help us to see there isn't a man in this room or a woman in this room who's not so loved by you, that matters so much to you, God, that you want to draw them close to you. And then you want to guide them on a life that's beyond all that we can ask or hope or dream. And it's for us. And God, I pray you start nudging hearts right now, speaking to minds, helping us realize it's for us. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, how does God unveil it to us? The answer is this. Uh, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says this. It says, uh, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it ever entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. But he has revealed it, verse 10. But he reveals it to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what I'm saying is this. Jesus, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said this. He said, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. Now, there's a thief that steals and kills and destroys. It's a culture that does that to us. And we're in the midst of a culture that's ripping us off constantly. And you need to realize that. Uh, there's a lot of things in culture fighting against you. Uh, uh, if we talk about the area of weight control. We're in a culture today that fights against this, that makes it more difficult than ever. Uh, I was just watching ABC News. They ask a question. I'm going to give you a chance to, to hear the question. I want to ask you if you know the answer. Here's the question. You're sitting at your desk with a cup, of, a, a cup of coffee in a styrofoam cup drinking it on a cell phone. What of one of those things is the most likely to cause cancer? Sitting at your desk with a cup of coffee in a styrofoam cup on a cell phone. Now, now what do, you, do you think you know the answer? Matter of fact, right now I want to ask you, tell the person next to you the answer to that question. Just go ahead and tell them the answer. What is the most cancer-causing of that? You think you go ahead and tell somebody, and we're going to test. All right, how many of you think it's the styrofoam cup? Raise your hand. Okay, there's quite a few of you. How many of you think it's the cell phone? Raise your hand. Oh, okay, more. How many think it's the coffee? All right, you ready? You know what the answer is? Sitting. Sitting, yeah, that's, that's the answer. I got to tell you this, praise God, coffee in moderation is good for you. I love that. Um, but... But are you ready? Sitting there. And an average American sits at their desk six hours a day. And it's bad for your spine. It's bad for your heart. It's bad for your immune system. And we're a whole society geared to that. Not to, not to take into account all the sugar we pour into a food. And not to take into account all those things that are there. And yet what happens is the world presses into a mold where we don't have vitality. We don't have energy. We don't have the life that God wants for us. By the way, that's not just a weight issue. It has to do with so many other things that is pushed upon us that keeps us from being who God wants us to be. And God says, but you realize eye is not seen, nor ear heard, nor is it ever needed to the heart of your imagination what I have prepared for you. There's something more than that. And I really believe very often God is nudging you, maybe laying on your bed in the middle of the night. God says, do you realize there's more? Or you're sitting in a situation thinking, man, I should be happy, but there's something more. Or I can't believe I just did that. And God says, you know what? I would never give up on you. I wouldn't, but you know what? You were made for more than this. You're better than this. Now, how does God get that to us? Well, I want you to know he doesn't just leave you out there hanging on your own. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And hopefully you're there. Look at that. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and self-control. Some of your versions say God has not given you a spirit of timidity. 
The idea there is this. He says, I want you to know that, that worried feeling, that, that worry that you have in your life, that's not from me. That fear of that you're going to fail or that fear that, that, that you won't succeed or that fear that if you get exposed that it's all over. He said, that's not from me. God said, I don't want you to be timid. I want you to go out with courage and I want you to go out with love and I want you to go out with this control that's God-given control by the power of the Holy Spirit. God says, that's what I've given to you. In other words, God says, if you would open up to me, I'm going to make you successful. I'm going to bring you to a place of victory. I'm not going to let you fall to a point or fail to a point that you can't rise back up and become overwhelmingly a conqueror. God tells us that. And he promises, how does it come? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Spirit is only given to people who open up to God and say yes to him. But when you do, the first thing he says is this, know that it's not a spirit of fear. Know it's not a spirit of fear. So many people, I'm bumping into people all the time who are not living the life they should live because they're afraid. They're afraid of people. They're afraid of getting hurt. They're afraid of the past. They're afraid, again, that they might fail. This failure mentality is just unbelievable that's out there. And, and you know what? Because of that, people aren't being able to be free to be who they want them to be. Uh, Jack Gropel. Jack Gropel is a, a behavioral scientist. And uh, this guy is literally internationally renowned. And, and the cool thing is he's a born-again Christian. But he, uh, he works with the FBI. He's come up with a training program that's still used in Guantanamo Bay. He works with the uh, Olympic Federation, with the U.S. Tennis Federation. Uh, I, and recently, he was hired by the NFL. And his goal is this, to help people live the successful life they're meant to live. And he begins to deal with it on four areas, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And, and so he brings people in, he works with them, he helps behavioral modification. And by the way, he says he's a strong born-again Christian. He talks about the Lord all the time in the midst of it. Well, one group of people he had was a group of NFL football players. And I want to show you a scene. I, I want to have you hear a little bit of Jack's talk. But what, what I want you to catch is this. He brings in these big, huge guys, these, these mammoth NFL football players. And he gets them in and he says this to them. He says, I'm going to put you guys on a mission. My goal is to help you be successful. So what I'm about to do is this. We need you to accomplish a mission. I'm going to send you out today. You're going to jog. They're in the state of Florida. You're going to jog on this particular path. You're going to go and touch a white fence. And I need you to come back. And I need you to do it in a specific amount of time. And so what happened is he gets them all ready. He says, guys, no matter what, complete the mission. No matter what, complete the mission. By the way, you know where we heard this talk was at the Leadership Summit, which a lot of us are going to the Leadership Summit. You hear guys like this. So I want you to catch what Jack Gropel shared at the Leadership Summit that happened with these NFL football players. Gentlemen, you're going to be running through the swamp. There's a canal that runs by this trail. Alligator migrate in and out of this canal. Keep your eyes open. (laughs) And gentlemen, it's sunny outside. Poisonous snakes will be sunning themselves on the trail. Now, they won't bother you, but if you see a snake coiled up, steer clear and go around it. They got to the front door. We had our stopwatches ready. Oh, guys, sorry, we forgot to tell you. Just yesterday, we sighted some wild boar out there. (laughs) Now, these wild pigs, gentlemen, are bigger than you are. They have razor-sharp tusks, and they will attack you unprovoked. So if you encounter a wild boar, you must take appropriate action. But above all else, gentlemen, you must, what everybody, in the face of the storm, complete the mission. What's the mission? 
touch the white fence. Ready? Go! So they took off. I want you to get this mental picture because two of our team members were hiding in the bushes. <laughs> Here are these big mammoth men in the NFL jogging down this dirt road in the tropics. They're looking around, they hear the bugs. One of our team members leaned over, grabbed a small bush and went, We had a video camera. <laughs> Would you like to see the tape? Yeah. Here's what you're looking at now. Let's come back to the model that we're going to present to you today. Here's what you're looking at. You are looking at what happens to a human being when confronted by a storm for which they are not prepared. Let's run the tape, please. We're sitting in the leadership summit and the same thing, the whole place goes nuts, you know, as he's sharing about it. By the way, what else he shared at leadership summit was this, is that they thought that was so funny to do. And so they did it to the NFL football players. Well, the next group to come in were FBI agents who they weren't thinking are carrying guns. So the guy shakes the bushes and those guys didn't run. They pull their guns. The guy's like, no, no. You know, so somebody else wet their pants. Uh, but Jack Ropel said this, he said, then a light bulb went off for us. He said, do you realize that that more than ever illustrated something? People who are prepared, prepared for life, they're prepared for what's coming. They have a belief system in accomplishing great things that God has for them. He said, you know, the bottom line is, is they're not going to fold in moments like that. They're not going to run. Fear's not going to overwhelm them. See, God doesn't want you to be afraid. 365 times in the Bible, do you know what the words are? Do not fear. One for every day of the year. God doesn't want you to be afraid. Now he doesn't want you to be afraid of the economy. So you go, man, the economy is so horrible. And I don't know what I'm going to do if the government doesn't help me out. Well, guess what? I wouldn't count on the government. I really wouldn't. But I can tell you this, God will take you through. God will do amazing things. So you say, but man, I've got this relational issue in my life and it's killing me. And God says, you know what? Don't be afraid. I'll take you through. So you have failed at something. And it's about to be let known. And God said, you know what? Then let it be known. Be you. But let me take you through. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to win. God has that desire for you. And by the way, the last thing he wants you to do is to sit back cowering in fear or, or overwhelmed with worry or, or just not even trying, not even being willing to take hold of this amazing life he has for you. Because what does the Bible say? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of what? Power. Power. The word power is a word, I think you're going to, it's a Greek word, dynamos. Do you know what we get out of that? Dynamite. God wants you to explode with power. He wants you to live this life that's literally explosive, that's incredible, that's amazing. And in Luke 24, 49, it says this, And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, and you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He was telling the apostles, get ready. The life that you think you're going to live is not going to be it. I am going to clothe you with power from on high. I am going to put upon you and put within you a power to succeed, a power to be effective, a power to live, a power to move. And now are you ready for this? Every single person who opens himself up to God gets the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? David had it. 
David had it. And so even though David was small in comparison to a mammoth giant named Goliath that stood before him, he was empowered for victory in that moment. Not because of who he was, but because of what God was going to do through him. You ever have a giant stand in front of you and God's ready to empower you? Big Chick Hunsbury was a giant. Six foot five, 380 pounds of muscle. This guy at the time was one of the most famous uh, bodyguards in all of Hollywood. Prince, at his height, hired Chick Hunsbury to be his bodyguard. But he also made even more money than that selling drugs. And if people did not pay their drugs, uh, did not pay for the drugs that he sold them as a dealer, he would usually beat them until they were almost dead. As a matter of fact, one man, he actually was arrested for this, he held the man down and ripped his ear off his head. That's how strong he was. And he tells, before he passed away, Chick tells that he was in a a little tiny cafe in Minnesota where he hunted down a man who owed him money. He never cared if people heard. As a matter of fact, he liked intimidating people. He opened the door, stepped in, chased this man down in his booth, leaned over the top of him, screaming and yelling and cursing him, threatening him. The whole place is stunned. And he said, I love that I could scare everybody like that. He said, even if there was a cop there, I wasn't afraid. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of yelling and intimidating this man, he felt a tap on his shoulder, and he turned around and looked, and it was an elderly woman, white hair. He said she was small. She pointed kind of an old, gnarled finger in his face, and she said, you shut up. And he looked at her, and she said, I want you to know I'm not afraid of you because I know Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior, and one day you'll answer to him. And... Chick said he was so shaken, he ran out of that cafe, got in his car and sat there shaking, intimidated by a 90-pound woman. You know what? I got to tell you something. I don't know what God's calling you to do, but when God calls you to do it, you're going to be successful. When God calls you to do it, you're going to win. When God calls you to do it, you're going to have power from on high. You have the power to lose weight. You have the power to overcome financial turmoil. You have the power to restore relationships. You have the power to win. You might say, Chuck, you don't know what I'm facing. I mean, my job is horrible. My boss is demon-possessed. You know what Jesus loves to do is cast out demons. Now, I'm telling you something. You can win. You were made to win. And it's not by your own power. It's by the power that comes from him. And so God has given you a spirit, not a fear, but a power. And then the next thing is this love. Now, again, if you know that the New Testament was written in Greek, you know that the word love, there is agape. I want to pour inside of you an unconditional love, God says. And I want it to overwhelm and pervade your life. Now, I want to tell you this. Please don't miss it. 1 Timothy 1.5 says this. It says, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. My, my, my calling from God is to teach you ultimately to live a loving life. A life where, and, and by the way, please don't miss this. A life where you're loved by God and love him with everything you have. And a life where you love others with everything you have. If you aren't living for that, you're missing out. If you're not living for that, you're not experiencing what God has for you. If you're not living for that, you're not in the midst of what literally should be the greatest life you could ever live. But God calls you to love like that. He calls you to love no matter what the circumstances are. But when people get distracted from this, then it's hurtful. You're hurting yourself and you're hurting others. 
I'm not going to get real detailed, but um, I just recently got news that I never wanted to hear about a, a particular person I love. And um, we were in the midst of a pretty joyous moment, and when I heard, I'd like someone kicked me in the gut. And I kept thinking, why? Why would they head this way? Why, why would they go down that path? And I know them better than that. And, I, I, and I, you know what? If, if I could say something to it, matter of fact, let me be as honest as I can. I'm praying you're watching online right now. And I want to tell you that I love you and God loves you and where you're headed right now didn't have to be this way. And I want you to know you could have the life back that deep down God wants. Don't, don't give up, man. And I hope you're listening. And I want you to know today if that's for you, you need to hear it too. Oh, God made you to love. And he made you to be loved. And so many people are grabbing hold of things that in the end won't give them joy and won't give them happiness. And by the way, will not give meaning to their life. God wants you. God wants you to be loved. He really does. So he's called you to that. He wants it for you. He wants to pour it out into you. God's great desires that you see that as the goal of instruction, the goal of life, everything you have. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and love. And then you need to catch the last one, self-control. Self-control or self-discipline. I don't know if how many of us realize that when the Holy Spirit's operating, you have that. It may be the most difficult one to see it manifested. It may be the one we fight against the most, but God wants it for you. This ability to say no to things that hurt you. The ability to say no to habits that overwhelm you or plague you. The ability to say no to those kind of moments. Now, I got to tell you, Pam and I, I, and if you're brand new here, uh, one reason I wanted Austin here so bad is because I struggle with gluttony. And at one time, I was all the way up to 270 pounds. And, and Pam and I, as a couple, we get honest about the fact that's our struggle. But I want to tell you, there's many, many things that have fed into our success at this point. And, 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 and I got to tell you that the number one, uh, one of the things that's helped is, is not number one, we did it together. Uh, another is, you know what, we had other people encouraging us and we got onto something that worked for us. But I want to tell you, do you want to know what the number one thing that's given me and my wife's success in this area? And it's prayer. Now you might say, okay, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about this, praying before we eat. Now I know everybody here, I pray before I eat. Well, actually, let me say, praying before you order. That's different. You know how many times I said, Lord God, bless this food that was bad for me? God, this is filled with cancer-causing agents that are gonna taste really good. Please bless it. And you know what I know God was saying is, no, I'm not blessing that. What are you doing eating that? And before we even put out food for the night, before I go into a restaurant and order, I now actually pray about it. And by the way, it works. I know some of you right now are saying, well, does God speak to me? Let me tell you one way you'll hear God's voice if you pray before you order. I really think so. You're standing at McDonald's, and that really happened. I'm looking at the board, and I'm thinking, okay, I want the Big Mac and the double quarter pounder with cheese, and I want my fries supersized, and I'll take a Diet Coke because I'm trying to lose weight, and, uh, and a chocolate shake. And you know what? I'm standing there going, God, can I order the Big Mac? And, and God's, no, you can't have that. You just had all your calories in one. No, you can't. And, and, and I got to tell you, I hear from God. And, and when you're in those moments where, you know, maybe someone's getting ready to offer you the drink or you're about to open the book, no, the Holy Spirit, and you can hear him. No, you can't have that food. No, you shouldn't enter into that situation where it would be tempting. No, you, and, and God, but by the way, why is he? Because he wants you to have a better life. 
He wants you to have a better life. And so he's given you the control to say no. You never, ever, ever, ever have to sin. You never have to do the wrong thing. You could always, by the power of the Holy Spirit, do the right thing. And God's great desire is for that. And he wants you to experience it. By the way, he wants you to say no to wrath. No to wrath. And so what's it say in James 1, 19 and 20? This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Now you might say, okay, why'd you bring that up now? You ready for this? Um, I, when I fast, I get irritable. Any of you that way? Any of you not eat and all of a sudden you just find that nature coming out? And, and not too long ago, I was fasting and, and man, I just could tell. I was like on edge. I was getting irritable. I was like, I can't believe it. And, 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 and you know, I'd been going without food for three hours. And, uh, and so one of the children that were at our house all of a sudden spills a drink everywhere. And you know what's about to come out of my lips? Some, some just spiteful thing. And, and the Lord's like, no, no, that will not achieve my righteousness. Uh, I probably am getting a little too honest, but are you ready for this? Uh, I, I really probably, without a doubt, am the most worst driver in this room. And a big reason I'm a bad driver is I'm incredibly impatient. And uh, it wasn't that long ago, Pam and I are in uh, my car, and we're driving through this parking lot where it seemed like everybody was getting in my way. I really think they were. I was in a hurry. I had an errand to, to, to run before I could go the rest of my day. And it was like, why are you going slow? Why did you just pull in front of me and then go slow? I mean, I, why, and it, there I could see the next one. They're like, oh, he's in a hurry. I'm getting this way. And, and, and so this one particular car is just inching along and inching along and inching along. And Pam looks over and goes, calm down. I didn't have to say anything. She goes, just calm down. And I'm like, oh. and then did she, don't you honk your horn. Pam said, I have a mean honk. I don't just honk, it's mean. And, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay. And I honestly I thought, you know, Lord, why am I doing this? Okay, I am sorry. I shouldn't have this attitude. Well, then the car pulls over, and I pull next to it, and their window comes down. Pastor Chuck, we thought that was you. We were looking in our mirror thinking, is that Pastor Chuck? I am so glad they didn't know what I was thinking. Uh, The wrath of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. It really doesn't. And, and you know what God is saying to you and me? He says, don't go that way. One of the passages that gets to me is Philippians chapter 3. And think about this in regard to self-control. It says, for many, in verse 18, for many walk of whom I have often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is what? Not God, but their appetite. And his glory is their shame who set their mind on earthly things. When I set my mind on the things of heaven, it's easier to say no on things on earth. But what happens? I get a better life. I start being the person I'm meant to be. I fulfill my destiny. When I let my appetite govern me, I'm in trouble. Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 said, I buffet my body and make it my slave. Lest after preaching to others, I might be disqualified. Now again, there's many appetites that feed us that aren't healthy. If they're kept in check, they are. It may be a physical one or a mental one or a sensual one. It may be you know, a financial materialistic one. But if we feed those things, it, it harms our life. But God, God never gives up on you. And God always wants you to have better. But don't miss this. He says, I don't want you with, filled with worry or fear. I don't want you living for the moment. I want you to have power. 
I want you to have love, but I also want you to have the ability to have self-control in the moment and choose the better way, thing. When you choose the higher calling, you always end up with a better life. There's an old short story that I love, and uh, some of you have read it. It was about a particular soldier who was overseas, and out of nowhere, he gets a, a letter, an actual written letter. And it's from a girl who had prayed and felt God calling her just to try to be a pen pal to somebody. And, and so she wrote a letter to an unknown soldier and prayed and, and sent it out. Well, it got to this guy, and he wrote her back. And, and interestingly, they had never met, but they just started writing back and forth. He literally lived for her letters. And she began just to just cherish his. And they formed this incredible, intense friendship and bond that all of a sudden seemed to go to the level of love. Just through letters. And then when he was allowed to come home, finally, he would be coming home from overseas, from a war area. He wrote her and said, I'll be in town. And he named the date. And she said, come to this restaurant and meet me. I'll be sitting there with a yellow rose. You'll know who I am. Well, what happened is he gets to town and he just can't wait and he's actually a little bit early and he's walking down the street and as he's walking, this coming towards him is this gorgeous girl in a green dress. Man, he, just beautiful, beautiful face, eyes, everything. And she walks by and she smiles at him in uniform and said hi and he said hi and she goes, did you just come back from overseas? And he said, yeah, I did. And she goes, are, are you okay? And she goes, I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of soldiers who serve the country. I don't want to keep you, but I just wanted to tell you that. Well, he looked at her and they just started talking and man, he just was caught up in how gorgeous she was. And then she looked at him and said, so what are you doing today? He said, well, I'm meeting someone. She goes, oh, that's too bad because man, I've got the free day. I would just love to spend time with you. And as she did, she smiled again and he's like, oh. And uh, she goes, are you sure we can't just go off and be together? And he's like, whoa. And out of the corner of his eye, he looks and sitting in the restaurant, he sees a kind of overweight woman with a yellow rose. And she said again, are you sure? And he said, you know what, I, I have someone to meet. I'm sorry. And he said, but you know, I, I, it's been fun talking to you. And he turned and walked away and then he looked back and she looked right at him and smiled and went around a corner and he thought, okay. He went to the cafe and walked up and said, hi, I'm Mike and it's so good to meet you. And she looked at him and said, son, I don't have a clue who you are. But a beautiful girl in a green dress gave me this rose and said, if you came to get it, she'd be waiting in the park across the street for you. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> you ever think the Holy Spirit says, say no to that and I'll be waiting for you over here. I'll just open up a blessing like you can't imagine. Say no to that. You know, Adam should not have chosen the orangutan. He should have waited for Eve. The woman at the well was right to say, you know what, Jesus, I'll do it your way now. And a whole town rallies around her. All the hurt, all the pain, all the abuse, all the misuse is gone. God just does that. By the way, today, there's some of you, it'd be so right for you to say yes to God. It would be so right for you too. If you're here and you've never, ever really encountered the Lord in a very intimate way, I want to encourage you to do it. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying if you don't have a very real, and I want to use the word real, real and authentic relationship with God, oh, he loves you. But I don't want you to be at a distance. He doesn't want you to be at a distance. He wants to draw you so close. He becomes your, your Abba Father is what the Bible calls it, your daddy. And on this Father's Day, one of the greatest gifts you could give the Lord is you because he loves you. And when you open up to him, you experience his love, his forgiveness, his grace, but his plan for your life. 
You know, Austin told me, he said, at 12, he knew God had something more for him. Some of you today, God has something so much more, but it begins. It begins by you opening up to him. How do you do it? You pray. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If you open up, I'll come into you. So I'm going to ask you today, if you feel that nudge, if you know you have the need, if you're ready for a life. By the way, you matter so much to God. It's a God-given, God-ordained life that he has for you. One that's beyond all you could ask or think. If you would open up to him today, he wants to give it to you. Today, if you're here and, and you've blown it, man, I want to tell you what, you're loved. And you're not going to be thrown aside. God can do something with your life you can't imagine. And he wouldn't give up on you. Today, if you need to come back to God, what a great Father's Day by you being that prodigal child to say, I'm coming home. How do you do it? You pray and tell him. If you're here today and you're hurt and wounded and maybe Father's Day is a horrible day for you, guess what? God wants to heal you. If you need to be empowered to overcome something, God wants to do it. I'm going to ask all of those who have that need right now to pray this prayer too. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, I pray right now that your spirit would call each one of us close to you. May we live the life you have for us. And God, if we fall, if we fail, may we always just allow you to pick us up and keep us going. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would just literally fill, literally fill with your spirit every single person in here who loves you. God, give them the spirit of power and love and self-control. Give them an overflowing of the Holy Spirit in their life. And guide us. Guide us to be who you want us to be. And I ask right now, oh, I ask, Lord, if there's someone here who needs to come to you, may you stir in their heart. May they sense, Lord, that gentle whisper, that nudge, something happening inside right now that they know this is for them. I pray whether it's here or online. And for those who need to come home to you, God, you're looking at them. God, I know you see them right now. I pray they would open their spiritual eyes to you and realize that they could hear you, if they could see you, it's love that's waiting. And God, I pray they want to come back and they're ready to just literally let you have them start over. And for the one who's hurt, God, today, they're lonely and hurting, maybe because of what they've done or what's been done to them. Oh God, I pray right now they would open up. So I pray your spirit would call and move. I'm going to ask that we keep praying. And right now, if you uh, are right with God, I want to ask you to do this. Would you pray? Literally start intensely praying for anybody who needs to say yes to God. But today, if you want to give your life to the Lord, if you want to open up to him, you're not even sure what all it means. You're just ready to say, I'm in. I'm going to ask you to whisper a prayer with me. I'll say a line and ask you to whisper it. If you need to come home to God, if you need forgiveness for something, or if you need healing from pain, I'm going to ask you to just whisper this prayer with me. Or if you're here and you think, you know what, I'm not living that life. There's something missing. Then recommit yourself to God right now or commit. So before I pray, I want you to think about it. Does God want you to do this? Because I think he's going to tell somebody he does. I think you're going to know it. Does God want you to do this? If so, let's whisper this prayer together. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross to forgive me my sin, all my sin. 
to heal me from all my hurt and pain, to free me from all fear, to make me alive, to make me new, and to make me yours. And I say yes. I want this, and I want you. So I open my heart to you. Please fill me with your love and fill me with your spirit and help me be, help me be who you created me to be and help me live the life you have for me to live. And this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, praise God for you.